Hello and welcome back to the Hawk Talk podcast. I'm very excited talking to a longtime friend, now not super long, but getting kind of long, two and a half years, co-worker, uh, Lisa Saban-Wilson. How are you doing? I'm good, John. How are you? I'm well. Good. So, you know, I think back to some of the uh, times that we've hung out and um, when we hang out, luckily, I mean, I really enjoy hanging out with you, but you know, we end up getting in trouble a lot when we hang out together. How is that? Well, I mean, let's clarify. We've never been in jail. True. We've never shared a jail cell. True. So let's make sure we clarify that. Uh, I think that we just, uh, you know, we have a hell of a time together, John. You yeah. And, <laughs> and, you know, most yeah. of our friends are in, in, in the community. And I think we just click and we just <laughs> drink yeah. a lot of beer. We've never been in any serious trouble. No, but you know, when I I, I think back to like some of the events that we've been at and it's like, um, you weren't at this particular one, um, but uh, our good buddy, Shane Sanderson, uh, we were at a a WordPress, WordCamp type event and um, we, we were at the after party and they were, this is early on in the early days of Twitter, not super early, but the early days of Twitter. And they were projecting um, the Twitter feed for the events hashtag on yeah. the wall at the event. And we decided to start doing fake retweets. Oh. So I would make up stuff like, you know, retweet Shane Sanderson and then something ridiculous. You and I have never done that, but it just seems like something that would no, but we were at an event in Arizona where we were playing a card game. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a particular particular oh, item card, that card, card game that made it on the events. Uh, yeah. Twitter Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a fun one. <laughs> that was a lesson learned, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Whoops. The dumb thing was about it. I remember the moment. And I remember looking at you and saying, dude, that's going to end up on the conferences. Twitter stream and you're like, what? Click. Yeah. Whoops. Oh well. Like you said, we've never ended up in jail. So I think we're right. we're doing all right. If we can continue our antics without ever sharing a jail cell, I consider that a total life win. That's a success right there. Absolutely. That is that is my definition of success. <laughs> By Lisa Saban Wilson. We're done. Mike drop. Exactly. Mic drop out. All right. So I want to talk to you about work. Not necessarily the work we do right this minute, but you are one of the most multi-talented people Aww. I've ever met. Thank you. And well, you're welcome. But it's true. Like you have had more careers than anybody I know. Like we will like any topic will come up in conversation. And you're like, Oh yeah, I did that for 10 years. Oh, I did that. Well, no, yeah. When <laughs> I've known you forever and, and you've been doing this forever. So what was your very first job? McDonald's. Okay. I went, how long were you there? When I was 15 years old, mm-hmm. uh, sophomore in high school, I got a job at the local McDonald's. Um, Everybody, like McDonald's back then was the Starbucks of today. Yeah. Everybody wanted to work at McDonald's for whatever reason. Um, 
and I worked there all through high school, through, through graduation. So three years, I smelled like a French fry <laughs> for three years. Um, and I, I think that, you know, McDonald's was a great experience. It taught me a lot about customer service, a lot about uh, just responsibility, showing up on time, doing what you're supposed to be doing, you know. I think, I think everybody should work in food service for some period of time. Okay. I think it gives you, I think it gives you a, a respect for the people that do it, that, mm-hmm. um, that lasts a lifetime, because I did it. Chris and I both did it. We, we worked at my family's fish market for 10 years growing up and huge invaluable lessons that you, everybody should learn. Not just food service, but just service in general. Yeah. That's whether true. it's food service, whether it's car service, whether it's whatever, servicing customers uh, teaches you a lot about a lot of good things and a lot of bad things <laughs> about <laughs> people and tolerance and humanity and uh, just being in service of people mm-hmm. and their expectations. Yeah. I, it's a building block for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So after, all right, so after McDonald's, I wouldn't call that a career job. That, that like, in, unless you were working at like McDonald's corporate, like the typical quote unquote McDonald's worker, that's not a career job. I did what not was, want to work at McDonald's for my entire life. Exactly. So what was the first kind of career job that you had? Had or pursued? Okay. <laughs> Let's go with pursued then. Uh, music. Okay. So also when I was in high school, um, I developed a very strong passion for music. Um, I played the violin, I play the piano, I play the guitar, and I'm a singer. Um, So I got heavily involved in orchestra, choir, drama, musical drama, um, all of that in high school and decided that that is what I wanted to do with my career. so I went on after high school, I got a scholarship, a music scholarship um, to attend uh, Wisconsin State College for majoring in vocal performance with a minor in music education. Now, I should have done it the other way around, but because of the way the uh, scholarship was written, my major was in vocal performance. So I am a classical trained opera singer. Um, by and the that, way, I by the yeah. way, I know a ton of things that you've done. Yeah, I didn't know that one. So there oh, you, you didn't go. Know that. Well, you knew I was a singer. You knew I was a singer. Yeah, but I don't know classically trained uh, opera singer. I don't know. Yeah, that. yeah. there's yeah, a difference all... between being a singer and being a classically trained <laughs> opera singer. Let's be serious here. Uh, true, true, true. So I spent many years doing uh, that, going to college mm-hmm. for music, studying music. Uh, participating in uh, musical theater, so a lot of a lot of reproduced Broadway shows on the sure. uh, local theater and uh, university theater level. Um, at the same time, I was uh, singing in a band, a rock band. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were a Hart Pat Benatar cover band at the time. We did some originals, anyways. We we did a lot of the state fairs and a lot of uh, dive bars that I don't ever want to revisit again. (laughs) Um, And also simultaneously hired myself out. I did a a stint with a jazz club uh, doing 
uh, singing with a jazz pianist and a lot of music, lots and lots of music. Back That's then. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So do you, do you still play? Do you still sing? Um, so, I mean, I sing around the house, right? I don't sure. tire myself out anymore. I understand. I thought about doing um, musical theater um, locally. There's, there's mm -hmm. a local theater here in Green Bay. Um, <clears throat> I've thought about doing it, but it's a massive time commitment. Yeah. It's a huge yeah. time commitment. Yeah. Um, I would love to do it. I still have a high passion for, for music. Um, we have a piano here at home. I'll sit down and plunk around on it. Not as good as I used to be in, in either of those categories, piano, violin, singing, um, just because when you don't use it, you know, yeah, if, you yeah. if you're not your practicing eye. it, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I think that goes, that goes with anything. So. Yeah, but I had high aspirations. I mean, I didn't want to be like Adele. I mean, I wouldn't have minded going that route, but I didn't have like massive stardom and fame and everything mm -hmm. else. I just literally wanted to make my living doing whatever I had to do and connect me with music and theater. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So what took you away from music then? Um, so our sound guy in the band was super cute. Super cute guy, very charismatic guy, and we started dating, and I got pregnant with my son, who's now 29 years old, um, and we got married, and it became very, very clear to me that music, while I had a very strong passion for, wasn't going to provide the stability uh, financially that I needed to raise a child particularly after I had my second child, my daughter, who's now going to be 27. And then my husband and I uh, divorced. So now I'm a single mother of two children. Music wasn't going to cut it yeah. at all. And it's so, not even just necessarily the, the money at that point. It's also the commitment of being out of the house and traveling. and Yeah, the hours. Yeah. Because it's not even just the performances. It's the rehearsals. It's, yeah. you know everything yeah. that goes along with it and yeah. and the money i mean the money wasn't there to pay the bills sure sure you know yeah. you could be the best musician playing at a local level and you're still not going to make shit so right you're gonna have a lot right. of fun but you're not well, gonna oh yeah and there's nothing wrong with that that's fun <laughs> great until rent is due and, yeah. yeah yeah all right so I'll just kind of fast forward through, I think, a couple of the ones that I know. You you did a stint as um, not only a nurse. I don't want to – see, if I just say that you were a nurse for a while, it sounds like, okay, you were just a nurse. You were head of nursing. I was. I was a nurse <laughs> for 14 years. So backing up a little bit, after I had the kids. All right and did the music thing. Uh, I kind of floundered around a little bit. I had like three bartending jobs and a DJ at a polka radio station in town. Yes. WTKM, if you Google it, they, they still exist. 104.9 on your FM dial. Uh, yeah, I did uh, DJing at a, a polka radio station, which brought me to a lot of the state fairs where I would DJ in person at polka events, if you can imagine mm -hmm. that. Um, and then I bartended uh, too at a bowling alley and at a biker bar, I bartended, and then I bartended at a high-end restaurant. And again, money, right, and time, and hours, yeah. and all of that. Um, I decided that I needed something very, very stable and secure, 
not just yeah. stable, but secure. And nursing seemed to be it. There was a huge demand for nurses back then. I had a massive interest in science as well, mm -hmm. uh, a big science geek. Um, so a lot of the courses that you take for nursing, you know, anatomy, physiology, chemistry, microbiology, all of that kind of stuff, um, I absolutely loved and aced and, and enjoyed it. So yes, I became a nurse for uh, my children, for the stability of, of the paycheck and the hours and, and all of that. And yeah, I became, I became the director of nursing at the hospital. <laughs> After like a week or something, right? You walked in and like, they say, I was, you know, it's funny because it was after a year after I graduated high school, I had right. no business becoming a director of nursing, none whatsoever. Like mm -hmm. no, I had no experience at all. But what I had was a mouth and I went, I know it surprises you. <laughs> I, had a mouth. I, uh, I would be in my administrator's office. Like I was a, a manager, like a floor manager, what they called it, like a shift supervisor or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I would be in my administrator's office, you know, talking shit about the director of nursing that was there and i'm like you know in this and then this and she's doing this and do you know what she did the other day blah, blah 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 and finally i think out of pure desperation my administrator looked at me and said do you want the job and i'm like uh, me <laughs> i mean i can she goes well you're so you've spent the last several weeks in my office telling me how you think she should do the job I honestly think that A, she was sick and tired of me sitting in her office yapping and complaining about mm. it. B, figured that I would crash and burn within six weeks and she'd be done with me and she could move on. Uh, but I ended up the next 12 years of my career as a director of nursing. Yeah. So yeah. I love that story. I love that story for so many reasons. And um, so through this podcast, I talk to a lot of different people at you know different levels of either running a business or obviously having jobs, whatnot. But I mean, running businesses and and kind of or you know working at a place like in a corporate spot and like how do you how you kind of move up and like I love that story of how you just kind of like you talked yourself into that job. There's I mean, there's two ways to tell that story. There is the um, you you can either be the victim or the or the the hero in this particular story when you kind of tell a story like that. Like I complained so much, she threw it at me to do this. Where if you look at it a different way, which is, you obviously knew what you were doing. You you, you didn't just kind of land there haphazardly. It just didn't right. fall out of the sky at you. You knew what the hell you were doing, and you could have probably stayed in your other position, stayed quiet and done that for X amount of time. But you, you kind of just accelerated the process for yourself. And I was, I was not a person and still I'm not right. <laughs> a person who can just do a thing and stay quiet yeah. in the face of inefficiency or, you know, where I, where I can see that there is progress to be made or something yeah. that can be made better than it is, yeah. I'm not one to, to stay quiet. I actually had a colleague who was a director of nursing at a sister hospital, came to visit me at my hospital uh, purposefully to tell me that he felt that I was making a mistake, taking the job at such a young age. I was 24. Mm -hmm a year out of nursing school. And he said, my, my fear for you and what you may not know because you don't have experience yet is that uh, you, I think you're pigeonholing yourself. 
Mm. When you become a director of nursing and you're leading a hospital and you've got a staff of 250 people, not just nurses, but I oversaw nursing, nursing assistants, uh, physical therapists, occupational therapists, uh, speech therapists, the whole therapy rehab department. Um, so I had a huge staff that I was in, in charge of. And he said, once you do that, nobody ever looks at you again as anything other than mm-hmm. that. So if you decide that you're a director of nursing today because you want to make this facility better, and two years from now you're like, screw this. Like, this was not what I signed up for. Right. I want to go back to bedside nursing. There is not a nurse manager who will hire you as a nurse manager. They will want you always to be in the director position or some high-level management position because there are very few nurses who want to deal with that kind of politics and administration. So when they find somebody who's tolerant of political crap and administrative crap, uh, they want to hang on to them. So they're like, you you kind of pigeonhole yourself, which was very, very true in in hindsight. Very true. See, I love it thinking back to what I was saying before, like how you kind of talked your way into that. Like, I love that as a teaching point that, you know, if you're driven and you want to move, you can't just sit around and wait for shit to happen. Like you have to be the one being your own champion. You have to be the one maybe ruffling a little bit of feathers. And by doing that though, you can end up putting yourself into, um, kind of that next rung up the ladder. If, if that's, if that's what your goal is, like, right. you know, I know you like moving up the ladder is kind of what you're going to do. But, <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of the people that I talk to, that's kind of their, their, their MO is they, they want to move up. You know, I, at, at work right now, we do this call in the morning. We do this growth call 15 minutes before the day starts and all of the people on there, I love I love that call so much because it's all of those types of people. And I love that those are the types of people that I work with where it's, they're not just okay with the status quo. They're not just coming in to cash a paycheck. They're, they're here to not only do good work, but they're also here to learn from their peers. And if they see something that isn't right, they're, they're the first ones to jump up and say, Hey, let's do this better. Let's fix this. Let's fix it. Yeah, I think that is, when I look back on that portion of my career in nursing, like, I was never, and I think I even recall several times saying, I wish I could be that person who's just here to collect a paycheck. Yeah. Like, I wish I could be, because I saw a lot of those people in my, in my years, you know, mm-hmm. I still see them, but you see a lot of those people and you think, how simple life must be. <laughs> you know, how simple it must be to just be like, go to work for eight hours, collect a paycheck, pay your bills, live your life. Yeah. Be done. But, you know, instead you, there are people who, like most of the people that we work with, they're driven for more. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily, more doesn't necessarily mean more money or more power or more control. More just means purpose making things better, whatever those things may be, making them better, building upon the foundation that's there, not accepting status quo and making things better. Yep. That's kind of when I look back over my career in music, in nursing, in WordPress, web development, that's kind of my, my center 
yeah. make things better, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I ran an agency for five and a half years and I, I knew it was time for me to go with, at, 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 towards the end. I knew it was kind of time for me to go. Yeah. I worked in a corporate job for a decade before that. And mm -hmm. I was there, I was there 10 years, nine years of which I loved and one year where I wanted to chew my arm off. Um, but you kind of get to those feelings. You get to that spot where you start knowing that feeling where like, this isn't going to be the thing. Like I'm going to have to kind of move on. And, um, for you, I know you ran a WordPress agency, uh, building small business websites. And, uh, you did that for how long were you kind of like the solopreneur agency? I started eWebscapes in mm -hmm. 2000. So before WordPress, right. Uh, I was doing static HTML stuff and then movable type gray matter. If you remember gray matter oh, yeah. back then. Um, and then of course WordPress in 2003. So I started eWebscapes in 2002. Um, I didn't quit my nursing career until 2005. Hmm. Okay. That sounds about right for you. Two careers at the same time. Yep. Okay. That checks out. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you know, I wasn't really looking to leave nursing. I wasn't unhappy with nursing. I, okay. I was a little bit unhappy with nursing. Mm -hmm. Nursing is, it's, it's a lot. And when I go back to saying that once you're a director of nursing, you can never do anything else. I found a way to do something else. The last three years of my career in nursing was spent doing bedside nursing in people's homes, um, in hospice. Mm, okay. I was able to transition there. And I think the reason why I was able to transition there is because I was transitioning from acute care, which is the hospital setting, into um, end-of-life palliative care yeah. um, and doing home visits, which was really nice. I was traveled all over the state of Wisconsin, visiting people in their homes, um, in the cities, in rural Wisconsin, all of that. But I wasn't really looking to leave nursing necessarily. I just kind of stumbled upon this hobby that I really enjoyed um called graphic design and then realized that i could take my graphic design skills and apply them to these websites that everybody was yammering on about right and then then i started seeing these websites that had like comments on them mm -hmm. right comment thread people could comment and then comment back to each other and this sounds so elementary right now but back then i was building static websites and i'm like how do i do this how do i there's gotta be a way because other people are doing it. They're, they're building these like interactive, you write an article and people can comment on it. Yeah. Like, how does that happen? Like, and I'm Googling how to do this in like Dreamweaver. Oh boy. <laughs> and then I finally came upon like, oh, it's a, it's a blogging platform. And this must've been like 1999, 2000. Like it's a blogging platform, movable type. This is kind of cool. And so I started screwing around with it and started my own blog and, mm -hmm. you know, did my own uh, designs for my blog. And then people who came upon my blog were like, Hey, I really like your design. You want to do mine? Um, so I had this hobby at the same time that I was doing it. And like towards the end of my nursing career, I was working long hours as a nurse during the day. And at night I would sit in front of my computer and I would do themes for movable type for yeah. friends for $75. <laughs> that's what I charged them. 
75 yeah. When I first yeah. launched eWebscapes, um, you could purchase a blog theme from me for $75 and I would have it done for you within three business days. <laughs> Beat that. Yeah, I, yeah, that's, that's tough. <laughs> you know, you, you actually said the exact words that I wanted you to say, which is so great. Hobby. Hobby. Yes. hobby. WordPress was your hobby or design building this stuff was your hobby. Yes, and the, isn't it weird how, so isn't it weird how when you get a hobby, you, you do a lot of baking and, and I love, I love watching all of your baking antics online and, um, about a year and a half ago or so, um, my wife and I started watching uh, the Great British Bake Off. Yes. Oh man, what a show! Uh, talk about guilty pleasures! Holy cow! And we started seeing all of these different things on there, and we're like, "Oh, that looks so good! Oh, that looks so good!" And then finally, one day, we're just—we found that they had this thing called Masterclass, and yep. where they actually broke them down and they showed you exactly how to do two or three of the things. And um, you know, it got to be where we're like shit we could do that and then i went and looked online and you could find the the flipping recipes were like right online so it was not again not rocket surgery i i don't want to call myself a baker but what i am good at is following directions i can yeah. read a direction and throw the right amount of stuff into a bowl and and you know. <laughs> yeah. so i figured we couldn't get too far afield but I'm wondering, so you turned your hobby of graphic design, you turned that into what would then end up being um, your career, your career that spanned running eWebscapes for a while and then partnering that together with Web Dev Studios. But I'm wondering what your feelings are about, um, like, I'll take baking for us, which was a, which is a hobby for us. As soon as we started, um, you didn't have the exact same thing when you started WordPress, which was social media just being like the only thing there was, but yeah. with baking, as soon as we started baking, what did we do? We started taking pictures of it and putting it on Instagram and within us posting about our second or third loaf of bread or cheesecake or whatever, people started telling us, and I'm sure you've heard this already you should start a bakery. Yeah. Great idea. Yeah. So yeah. The first, let me just tell you the first thing that I tell people when they say you should start a bakery is well, first off, you're out of your mind and they'll say, well, why is that? And I'll say, because I enjoy baking. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, I don't the, want to turn it into a job. Ruin your passion for a hobby is to try and monetize it. Yes. So I'm kind of curious, like I know baking is your hobby now and I think it could very easily be your next career. We should just tell Brad that you're opening a bakery. Well, I'll, sorry, I'll just keep that quiet. Was that a reveal for later? Um, but going back to the beginning, sacred. <laughs> how do you feel about that? Like that idea, like where was that turning point with WordPress um, with that graphic design and those things that you were doing kind of as your, your mental release from the work that may not have been your favorite at that exact point in time, you took this hobby and 
what was that final point of going, all right, let's, let's make a run at this. There were a couple of things. Um, you know, I go back to, I wasn't looking to leave nursing. Mm-hmm. And I think when I started selling my services, that was a turning point for me, even though it was $75 with a free business day turnaround. Obviously I had some lessons to learn <laughs> at that point, but it opened up a lot of doors for me because I got a lot of business unsurprisingly, yeah. because even back then that was a steal. Um, when I began to realize that I was good enough to equal or even um, go beyond my salary as mm-hmm. a nurse. All of a sudden I was, it, it, it's like, oh my God, there's like this other thing that I could do. Mm-hmm. Now remember, I went into nursing for stability for my children. Yeah. Literally for my children. And, and, and I always stress that when I talk about nursing, like I didn't go into it for some, you know, altruistic, wanting to help people and, and make the world better. And it wasn't necessarily your passion. And it wasn't my passion. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, I, I, maybe I stood in an interview for a nursing position somewhere and said that I really, really love to help people. No, I'm not saying that I'm cold and callous and whatever. All those things are secondary. A really nice byproduct of nursing is the impact that you make. Sure. As a nurse on people, but that's not the reason. My reason for being there was because I had two kids to raise and I needed the salary and I needed the stability and nothing else ever occurred to me. I will be a nurse forever until I die because that is what's going to help me raise my children, period. Oh, nothing gotcha. else. It never occurred to me that there would be anything else. So when I started this hobby, it never occurred to me that there would ever be anything else. And then people started offering to pay me for what I was doing. Um, That was a huge turning point for me. When I realized that I could make as much, if not more, money doing this from home that would not only allow me to make the same, if not more money, and then also be home where my children are. Yeah. It was a no-brainer to me. To me, it was another step in securing their home, their future, everything. For them, it, literally yeah. for them. Um, of course, I enjoyed it too. It was a lot of fun. Uh, not, but a it, bad, not a bad side effect. Yeah. So I mean, it destroyed it as a hobby. It destroyed it as the thing that I turned to for stress relief, um, because now it's not. It's the thing that I need. It's the thing that's causing me stress now. It's the <laughs> thing that's like my creative release. No. Um, so what did I do? I turned to other things. Yoga was one of the things that I turned to uh, midway in my career. And what did I do with yoga, John? Do you know? Oh, I do. You opened a yoga studio. I did. I did. <laughs> right? I opened a freaking yoga studio. And that was great. It was a lot of fun. It was mm-hmm. fun having um, a brick and mortar business, having a studio. Uh, we used WordPress for the website. Of course, I designed it. And we, you know, used Event Espresso to sell uh, classes online and all of that kind of stuff. And it folded after two years because oh, a lot of reasons. But yeah. it was a lot of fun. And I think after the yoga studio, uh, you know, I'd learned enough lessons that the next time, Lisa, that you 
get a hobby that you're truly passionate about and that you honestly enjoy and that it's something that you walk away from work and it it's so encompassing and so fun for you that it takes your mind away from yeah. all of the stress of work. Do not under any circumstances try to monetize that for any reason. Protect it because that is your that is your mental health salvation. Stop throwing it away, which is what I did with WordPress and I can't say I regret it because I built a career on it. But that was my mental health salvation and I threw that away and made it a job. Yoga was my mental health salvation and I threw that away and made it a job. Baking yeah. is never something that I'm going to sell ever. And you can mark my words on that. I love it. I love it. I'm glad. I'm, I'm super glad to hear that because again, when I talk about multi-talented and how many careers you've had, yeah, of course I know that you had a yoga studio <laughs> as well, right in the middle of all those other things that you were doing. Of course I know. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, you also have gardening, which I mean, you. Gardening is also one of those. It's up there in yeah. terms of hobbies. Yeah. One of the things that I love about both of your your hobbies, your your baking and your gardening, while you can, um, you know, from a visual standpoint, you can shoot videos and you can take a lot of great photos and whatnot, 99% of the time you spend baking and or gardening have nothing to do with touching a keyboard. And no. it is such a completely different aspect. And that has kind of been one of the things that I battle with is a lot of the times when I build, when I come up with these other like hobbies, they still involve a computer. And that is, it's, I think it's so important to find something that you enjoy. When I found, when I started going to CrossFit, I dove in head first. I mean, just blindly because I just needed something that was away from the computer and I loved it so much. And what's funny is what did I do one year in, I immediately went and I got my CrossFit level one. It's not that I tried to monetize it. I just tried to like, I, I enjoy teaching. So for me, like the idea of kind of becoming a, a coach was kind of the next step, the next right. logical step for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I recently, I recently kind of quit doing CrossFit and now I just joined a gym and I hired a personal trainer and I go to the gym and that is my time away from a computer where I literally cannot think about work. I can't think about clients. I can't think about anything. All I can think about is that stupid heavy weight that's in front of me and moving it. Yep. And I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. My husband and I are scuba divers. We got, scuba certified on our honeymoon in 2016 awesome. on a little island little dutch island called bonaire um and we loved it now he had been scuba diving before i had never been but we both got certified together and the way he described it to me um as a huge stress relief now i'm thinking you know you go 100 feet underwater and you're breathing through this tiny little tube <laughs> That's not, that's stress relief, but that's stressful, man. Um, but basically, you're so concerned about your environment when you're mm -hmm. down there. Yep. Um, you have to be concerned about your equipment. You know, you have to be concerned about how deep you are. If you're ascending, you have to make sure you're taking your necessary breaks so that you don't get the bends. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at the 
wildlife around you, A, because you're fascinated as hell about everything that's around you, B, you're going to make sure there's no sharks. Yeah. That are Dying. Like, being a literally, it, it is the most stress-relieving thing because when you're down there, you cannot think about anything else. If you let your mind wander off to work or your to-do list or anything else, uh, you're not going to notice that you're... <laughs> you know, tank is running low or that you're ascending too fast or you literally can't think about anything else. And that is, that is great. It almost takes that amount of like, Hey, look over here to yeah. get me stop thinking about work. Now, luckily I am, I'm a very, very lucky person because I have four hobbies away from the computer that do that for me. And baking is one gardening is the other. My grandchildren are the other, and the fourth one would be football. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, that only happens on Sundays, but damn if it doesn't take me away from absolutely everything else in the world for at least three hours. Well, I mean, let's be honest. We are, we are recording on Thursday, which is unusual for me because normally I do record on Tuesdays, yeah. but... Even though there's no football game on Tuesday, football became an issue with trying to record this podcast on it Tuesday. Did. It did. I had, uh, I apologize, John. I had to cancel. I had no voice. I tried to make noises and I came out sounding like a barking seal uh, because of the game on Sunday was, you know, Green Bay Packers against the Bears. It was crazy. And I lost my voice screaming so much at my TV. Yeah. So football is, let's not say that it's just Sunday. It's, it's a great passion and you, you, it can be your hobby, but it's not just Sundays. <laughs> it's not just Sunday. No, it's just no, Sunday. it's not. I, I love football. I grew up uh, loving football. I grew up a Packer fan. Actually, I grew up a Houston Oilers fan because I'm originally from Houston. Hmm. But then we moved to Wisconsin and became a rabid Packer fan. And my brother was uh, – football player, captain of the football team. Uh, we went to his games all the time, um, played flag football on the weekends. I just love the game. Love the game. That's awesome. I, um, I'm a huge hockey fan. Mm -hmm. Football is something that um, I, when I was working in my corporate job, I started following football a little bit only because on Mondays during the season, like half the day was people standing at the water cooler talking about football. And I'd be in my, my desk because I, I don't know, I, whatever. And so when I took, especially kind of towards the end, uh, my last year there, I would literally go in and work for about an hour and then watch YouTube for seven hours, um, which again, kind of being one of those types of people who always wants to advance, like as great as it, some people are like, oh my God, that sounds like a dream job. I hated it. I hated every minute of it because it's not the way that my brain is wired. Right. But all these people are over there talking football and I'm like, I should at least pay attention well enough to be like, yeah, hey, that guy, he did that thing. And so, <laughs> but now we've got the, you know, we do the weekly pick them. And uh, after one week, I am in sole possession of first place. You, yeah, you are in, I'm in fifth place. Like you're doing better than me. That's because I picked, I picked uh, Atlanta over the Eagles last week and that put uh, me down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're doing good. it's funny because uh, my husband is not a football fan. Right. At all. Uh, he's from he's from the UK. He's a rugby fan. 
Mm, he likes to okay. make fun of American football. He makes a great deal of fun. Sure. Of American football quite a bit. Um, but he doesn't like sit down and watch the games with me or anything. And uh, this game was particularly crazy. And uh, he came rushing upstairs in the middle of it just to make sure everything was okay because he's downstairs and I'm stomping on the floor and I'm screaming at the TV obscenities, like the dirtiest stuff you could imagine was coming out of my mouth at the TV. He's like, Lisa's, I just, I, is everything okay? And I turned around and because he gives me a lot of shit about football because he likes to make fun of it and he likes to push my buttons. I turned around and I must have looked like a psychotic idiot. I looked at him and I'm like, you don't get me right now. Like you don't get me who I am in this moment. So you should probably turn around and leave right now. He's like, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm backing off and I'm, I'm walking away. And I'm like, goodbye, <laughs> get out, get out of my living room. And people find that so funny. Uh, I would pay big dollars for the video of that, by the way. Yeah, I'm sure. Usually he'll come in around halftime and he'll look at me and he's like, I'm trying to gauge like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And how much shit talk did you do before this game that you're going to have to deal with? Right, afterwards? right. He's one of my favorite parts about the game, which you probably know from being around me, is football shit talk. Yeah. I love Why not? I love Why it. wouldn't you? Absolutely. My biggest victims, I mean, Brad, of course, and Matt Medeiros. Yeah, yeah. With his Patriots, you know. It's, uh, it's been quite a ride with the WordPress community and the football fans that are in it. I really I enjoy it a lot. And it helps that my team is usually on top. <laughs> and you're not going to turn it into another career. So I am not going to monetize it. You're right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's great. Lisa, I cannot thank you enough for being on the podcast today. This has been a lot of fun. I, I knew that there was some good stuff to pull out of those careers. And the, the takeaway of not monetizing your hobby is so great. People, don't do this. Don't get into something because it's a way, only because it's a way to make money. If it's your passion, man, maybe see if you could just do that on the side. Oh, people. All right. So, Lisa, where can folks get a hold of you if they want to learn more about all of your many, many, many careers? Uh, well, I just have one career now at webdevstudios.com. There you go. There you go. Good. Find me there or on Twitter, Lisa Saban Wilson. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Thank you, guys.